Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Worsham, and with me today at last... Uh, a guy I've been dying to do this show with, the one, the only, Steve King from Omaha's Classic Rock <laughs> CD 105.9. How are you on this fine morning, Steve King? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm so stoked to do the show with you. For uh, There's a lot of listeners who used to actually tune in and listen to the app when I was doing the weekly This Week in Bad Parenting on your morning yes. show. Uh, before I started working on the Handle Show here in Los Angeles, and I miss it, and uh, hopefully we can figure out a way to do that. But it, worst case scenario, we could do this more often. Uh, I've noticed because I also brought that segment into this podcast recently, and I would like to give you and myself a pat on the back. Is that there are a lot less bad parenting in the news? I'm noticing, <laughs> and I think it's mostly because of the work we did. I really I think, think so. you're probably right. I think uh, we we're doing God's work we, without we, question. We're proving, <laughs> we're we're pointing out the the dummies. My favorite one was the because we had audio for it. Was there was a family who who had put their daughter in the back seat of a pickup truck in a dog kennel because the daughter oh, yes. wanted to ride, and they're driving around <laughs> on the freeway, and they were just some good old boy. Red. Well, she wanted to sit back there. Uh, it was good times. Anyway, Steve is uh, in a great world of parenting. You have teenagers. I do. And you also have a girl and a boy. Right. Remind me of the ages of your kids. My daughter is 13, going on 35. My son is 16, going on mute. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) So let's let's just delve into the world. Like, here's what I have going on in my life. Recently, okay. I have eight and five year olds, Steve, and mm-hmm. uh, I recently had to purchase a shower timer because my kids are now old enough to where I send them to go bathe in the evening and then I start to cook dinner before my wife comes home. And you and I also share this lifestyle, especially now that I'm also doing mornings on a regular basis, is that, you know, we are because you get off work at about 11 a.m. or noon, you also kind of become the homemaker as well. Like you're the cook in your house. Yes, yes. We are great wives without question. (laughs) We are. I mean, a a huge catch. (laughs) We put out so much more than your average housewife. I yes, I do most of the cooking as I know you do as well. Yeah. So while they're in there, my kids started doing this thing where I would be cooking a meal that maybe takes 20 minutes and only one of them would have finished their shower. Like they just sit in there. Did your kids Mm -hmm. do this when they were younger where it's like. No. Now, here's the interesting thing. I couldn't get them to take baths or showers when they were younger. (laughs) That's a little bit of a fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, you know, they would tell me that they did, but they didn't. And but now it's completely different because now as teenagers, they care more about their appearance, especially my daughter. So she goes up and sometimes she'll take a shower at night and in the morning as well. But my son, on the other hand, he has no concept of time. So he goes up and takes like an hour and a half shower, which we all know what's going on yes. in there. See, and that's the thing. <laughs> if they were teenagers, I would be more accommodating. I really right. would. I'd be like, I get it, buddy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. do your thing. I, Light nobody, a candle, yes. put some music on. Establish a mood, buddy. <laughs> Establish a mood. Um, this is why I like you so much, Steve King, is that you can laugh about that stuff with them and have no discomfort. It's so it's so refreshing and great. Uh, yeah, because they just but see they're not doing that clearly. They, right, they're just in there like kind of talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like at this age, they really are a different kind of crazy. I don't think children are ever not crazy. I would agree. Yeah, I think that, but it's just like, it's like, I know know this is a joke that's been beat to death by late 80s comics, but they are like having a crazy homeless person in your house with you because they're just in there singing songs and just, you know, butchering lyrics to song like they're doing, I can't fight this feeling or can't stop the feeling that dance, the Justin Timberlake song, but there's a campfire involved when my son sings it. I can't stop this campfire. Like any, but he's singing it with all this passion. But and I and I feel like I go in there and I say, no, listen, here's how showers work. They are not baths. <laughs> showers are efficient. You need to move on with your life. Uh, you get wet, you soap everywhere, and then you rinse the soap off, and then you get, uh, then you turn it off the water and you dry. Like it's very basic. But they get lost in those four steps, and mm-hmm. they literally could just kind of hang out it's just a, I, and i think the reason i get so angry is because i'm jealous i'm jealous have you ever just sat in a shower steve king uh not sober no <laughs> <laughs> right you I don't, I don't even think it's as an adult i don't even remember uh, my own childhood my own childhood i don't remember just sitting in a shower and i don't even remember my father having to yell at me but there was a time in our house. We only have one bathroom, and there was a oh, time. Oh, that's in, the worst. Oh, I got to fix that. I have to. Yeah, it's yeah. literally a must because it's going to cost me probably eighty thousand dollars or more to add on to this house to have a second wow. bathroom, and we're going to do like a family room and everything. But um, it's I have to because my poor wife cannot share a bathroom with three dudes. Like it just, oh, it's that's yeah, I'll tell you what, though, to be honest with you, I don't know about three dudes sharing a, a, a bathroom with one woman. Yes. I mean, it's unreal, too. That's not fair. Like you, how many bathrooms do you have in your house? If I could ask, uh, we have two and a half, two and a half. So, so we so- have a half bath downstairs. And then my daughter uh, took over one of the bathrooms upstairs. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that if we ever move or sell the house, I will have to take care of it with a flamethrower. Really? Uh, because it is a mess. It is destroyed and it has, I mean, makeup everywhere and junk everywhere. And what's what's crazy is a few years ago, I had this idiotic idea that I was going to uh, redo the bathroom for the kids, for both of them. And I thought that they could both share a bathroom. So at the time, we were both, you know, the whole family was really into Doctor Who which we still are, love Doctor Who. So I made a Doctor Who bathroom. (gasps) I put Doctor Who stuff in there. It's got a big TARDIS uh, uh, poster in there that's that's uh, that's framed. It's I've got this uh, this big uh, vinyl thing on the wall with like some of the phrases from some of the, the famous doctors. I have a shower curtain that looks like the TARDIS. We have, you know, uh, the mirror in there is very space age looking. And if you know Doctor Who at all um, from the first couple of seasons of the reboot, um, I have Bad Wolf spray painted on the wall above the door. I mean, it's cool. It's totally cool. I put down some cool tile, this whole thing. And my my son just about won't step in there because because, you know, that's now the girl's place. But he but he is not into Doctor Who at all. Oh, no, he loves Doctor Who. That's so weird. But, he but won't my, go in because the ladies are so into it? Because my daughter has taken over oh. that space. 
So he uses our bathroom. So by the fact that there, uh, simply by the fact that there is a ton of makeup that is never put away in a makeup bag and hair yes. dryers and curlers. And th- there's, it is a certain, it's like a, a bear scratching a tree and pissing on it in the woods. Yes. It's like very a, much. So. She has she has over feminized that area to a point where it has a musk that yes. his his male uh, nose can't handle. There's a, there's a lot of feminine products, in which that. is <laughs> yeah, which is. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I like and and, and 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 he just doesn't care. He's like one of those, you know. I mean, he's so you know just basic in his needs of life. As long as he has, you know, a video game on the computer to play, and you know, a couple other, you know, every once in a while, throw some food at him like a you know wild animal in a cage. He's pretty much fine. He's like you know, Riley, you know, go up and take a shower in our bathroom. Uh, I don't care, whatever. I don't and then an hour and a half later, we see him. <laughs> I'm so happy. One of my favorite things is your impression of your son. It's such a simple voice, but I love it so much. Uh, You're done, I guess. I guess. I think it's because I've known you for many years through coming out to Omaha and uh, doing your show and stuff. And uh, then we did the weekly segment, but I've never, I don't think I've ever met your son, just seen like pictures or videos of you with your Jeep stuff and everything online. But I just love the character of him. So, you know, it's funny. We, I, I mean, they're both amazing kids. They're incredibly intelligent. They're, you know, they're, they're, they excel at school. My son is very musical. He's in the marching band. My daughter is very dramatic. She does, you know, drama and loves singing and she's in the show choir and she worked at a haunted house this past October so that, you know, she was scaring people. I mean, they're just amazing kids, but they're teenagers. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to, um, you know, John Paul Morgan, yes. of course. Yes, the so John Paul Morgan, my favorite comedian. Yeah, he was here in Omaha, and I was talking to him uh, on Friday, yesterday, and, and he, I was asking him about his kids. And he said his daughter's 13, and she never talks to him anymore. And he said, do you have that same problem? And I said, no, I can't get my daughter to shut up. I said, well, we're so much alike. We talk constantly. And I said, it's the opposite with my son. My son's kind of a grunter. And, you know, I said, he's not an overly communicative kid when it comes to stuff. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, he he doesn't do a whole lot of that. You know, every once in a while he'll come home from, you know, uh, being out at a friend's house or doing something and he'll come home and, and it's like he just unloads like he's been saving it for a month. And then he just unloads everything and then he's got to reload. And it takes about a month. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk more about the differences between uh, the two genders and their personalities, because that that fascinates me as a guy who has just two boys. Uh, And then also I want to see if uh, we could talk about the dating world as well with teenagers, if you don't mind. All right. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back talking with, of course, Steve King. And you were saying that your son is a grunter. Uh, yes. But your daughter is a is a chatterbox, which I think yes. kind of stereotypically that seems to fit what you would assume, you know, a, a girl you would want to be a chatty Cathy. I find it interesting that she is so chatty with you specifically. What do you and your daughter talk about? Um, a lot of I mean, you know, what's interesting is we, we make fun of each other a lot. <laughs> we have we're very sarcastic. We have both the same kind of sarcastic wit. We have nicknames for each other that are not very endearing, which I think if most people heard us, you know, and I'll call her like turd nugget or something. <laughs> hey, turd nugget. Come here. You know, and, and people are like, what? You know, and, and she's this very beautiful, tall, I mean, model like young lady that, you know, but she's like me, you know, and we talk about stuff, everything except for boys. Oh, really? No. I, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about boys. And a matter of fact, we had to have a serious sit down conversation where she was the one who sat me down and said, Dad, you have to stop making fun of the, you know, boys and stuff. She's like, I have a lot of friends that are boys and you always kind of get the, hey, how about him? And she's like, you got to stop that. And so I have had to completely stop talking about boys. Really? So yeah, is she like off limits? Most of the people that I know that have teenagers have like dating ages. Is she already dating or do you have a rule where she can't do that? Uh, she's got to be 35. 
Perfect. <laughs> no, she's, you know what? It, it, it's interesting. We don't have a set age necessarily. My son had had a girlfriend by this point at 13 um, that lasted for a couple of weeks. And at this point, she does not have a boyfriend or anything like that. I'm fine with it. The, you know, school, oh, we're going together or we're whatever they call it now. I'm fine. Whatever. There's no car dating until you're like 16, 17 years old, though. So and, and, and why is it that you think you're fine with it? Is you, because you think that there's a young enough age or is it like a trust thing with her? And please tell it's, me if I'm digging too deep. No, it's no, no. Just fascinates it's, an, me. It, it's it's an innocence. I think more than anything for her personally, I, you see her as innocent. Very much so. Okay. And I think uh, I think it's it's more than anything else. It's just that uh, um, that. One, she can throw a punch, so I don't have to worry about her, you know, anything, some boy trying to, you know, do anything she didn't want because right. she's she'll kick anybody's ass, which is awesome. Um, and and she's just I don't know. She's really self-confident and she's one of those she's one of those kind of girls that I don't think just goes along with the crowd. And some of the other girls are like, oh, I got a boyfriend now. And she's like, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point to look at it, that if you see your your daughter being self-confident, I can easily imagine that like, you kind of have that, well, I don't got to worry about this one kind of vibe. Right. It's, right. It, it, it helps it a lot. Whereas if she had been coming home having maybe had her heart broken or something right. like that, especially at a younger age, then you'd be like, then maybe a, an instinct would kick in to be more protective, I would imagine. Exactly. Now, my son is more sensitive, more like me in that way, actually. I'm pretty sensitive. I know you'd be surprised to hear that. No, but, I rock a mangina. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I, well, exactly. I am surprised I, by you because you are like Jeep over rock car guy who right, drinks whiskey. Right. But on this hard exterior shell is a soft, chewy center. I feel you. That, uh, <laughs> I feel you, Stinky. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that cries every time he watches Serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I my crying movie. I cried every movie. I cried when we saw Troy Trolls. Now here's to be fair. Trolls. Don't laugh at me. How dare you? <laughs> How dare? You? Well, oh, we're yeah. a wrap for Steve King. Everybody, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking the time. <laughs> Have you seen Trolls first, Steve? Before you start casting stones in this glass house, the only trolls I've seen are the ones online. <laughs> so well uh it's a delightful movie it's a heartwarming story about angry people finding their joy Ugh, it's getting me again damn you timberlake um <laughs> no any kind of heartwarming uh touching moment that comes up in a movie will always always bring uh, a welling if you would not oh, yeah. full-blown like boo kind of but a welling if even if like it's really hard for me to watch reality competition shows like people pursuing their dreams that always gets me really uh, oh, like yeah. the voice that's yeah the one voice thing I, my, my daughter and i watch that together that's like her big thing she loves that so you know to have something in common we watch that together and we both will get a little wrapped up in that one yeah so you you your mangina will be in full bloom in, in that without you'll, question you'll well up and be like <laughs> like that kind of Let, thing let me ask you a question. What was the last movie? You said you well up a little bit, but what was the last movie where you truly, I mean, like broke down crying? I mean, truly like weeping. You could not stop. I Has don't, there been one? I don't know that I've had a movie that made me full blown um, cry. If it was, oh, hold on. It's coming back to me. I'm, I'm, I'm having a very vague memory of a time where I was in on the road and I because I wrote a joke about it where I was on the road and I was watching some kind, not even one that's like my favorite rom-coms that I like. I will tune my my wife and I both like Sweet Home Alabama, you know, okay. Sleepless in Seattle, obviously a good sure. solid one. Uh, but I'm a sucker for a, a rom-com, even if they're bad, I'll still watch them. Like I think I'm I watched. Uh, what was it? Fool's Rush or Fool's Gold, I think it was, with Matthew uh -huh. McConaughey and Kate Hudson, which is kind of like the epitome of bad, I guess. But uh, there was one of those where it wasn't necessarily the movie, but it was the movie of the people finding love and me missing my wife that I bawled myself to oh, sleep. No. I remember that happening, but I can't give you the specific movie. The one that always comes to mind that I think is the the funniest to me that I laughed at myself after 
not boohooing, but welling up to enough, not where you just feel that little burn in your eyes and you know it's happening, but you could feel a tear go down your face was towards the end of Blue Steel, which was the robot fighting movie with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's one. <laughs> Again, you know, Steve, maybe we edit this part out. I don't like the. I thought we were having a moment that we were blue steel. Don't no, don't blue steel me, Jackman. Yes, come on. He has range. He could. Yeah, he's got no. musical. He's Wolverine, no. and he can share a touching moment of like where it's almost a fatherly type moment with this young underdog robot that they built. <laughs> Which, him. by the way, based on a true story, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, and maybe that's why, because I knew how it ended. And that's Could why. be. Could be. <laughs> I actually have two oh. of those that I will break down. And one of them I think most people can relate to. Uh, and that, Well, actually, probably both of them. Uh, and they're not rom-coms, which is kind of interesting. Um, Marley and Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That You're one, a dog guy. I mean, oh, crap. I'll how many dogs there. do you have I'll, now? Eight? We've got 35. No, we have three. <laughs> okay. We have three huge dogs. And Marley and me, dude, I will sit on the couch and weep for like an hour after watching that movie. So I almost can't watch it and there's anymore. A, isn't there, is there a Christmas element to that movie? Like, is it an annual thing for you or? Oh, I can't do that at Christmas, dude. Oh, That's okay. too much. It, That's would, too much. Do you mope around yeah. with like uh, sad Charlie Brown? Uh... Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and the other, the other is... Any movie featuring Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them just have you walking around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, what's the... Uh, so Marley and Me is the one that got you bawling. Is there an actual yes. other movie that will get you... Like, what about Old Yeller? Does that no. also... Well, probably as a kid, yes. Yeah. You know what? The, the one that really, honestly, uh, and it's not a rom-com and it's not very funny, uh, is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. That movie, at the, at the, towards the end of that movie, you know, when, when the old Matt Damon says, tell me I, I'm a good man and all that, yeah. and I just weep, dude. Yeah, but you're also a hardcore military guy, too. So. Love the military, yeah. you know, and it makes me think of my grandfather, and I get very emotional, and oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I, I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I was on vacation, and uh, we were in North Carolina. And we saw the movie uh, with my family and I went out to go back to the, the house that we were renting and I got into my Volkswagen that I was driving at the time, got into it and I went, oh, this is a German car. I sold it less than a month later. Wow. That's commitment. On a drive a Volkswagen because watching that movie and knowing I that's totally serious. Now you still now, anti like are you still as hardcore or it was just something that that movie? Oh, no, it was just something that In you know moment. just it brought that day. I was like, oh, I don't like this. You that's know, awesome. it was weird, but now I could care less. Although Volkswagens with the emissions problems they have, I wouldn't recommend one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are cheaters, little bit, Steve King. <laughs> they lie. Ah, Fafan Pollutin. That's exactly. So, well, anyway, so to get, if you don't mind, I, I, we got off on what I think is a, a great, little bit, yeah. a great tangent, though. I mean, well worth it. I will always be able to sit. <laughs> I like if there was a part of that where it's like, you know what gets me? Where <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to get back to, I want to go back to dating. You talked a little bit about how your daughter's not really into it at this right. point. Uh, but in your son had a girlfriend. Is there because there's a part of me that is interested in the idea of like, is there any part where you have to help them navigate that? Or is it better in your experience to kind of step back and let it happen as far as dating um, goes? Or, you know, I think there's a little bit of where you have to I think man to man. I think you have to, and I think my, that's where with my daughter, my wife is kind of taking the lead with that. And for her mom is the, is the, is the go-to the for relationship can, stuff. Yeah. Now my son won't come to me with the issues, but I can kind of tell when things are going on. And yeah. so I'll kind of casually ask him and, you know, he starts kinda, walking around and you hear, <laughs> hey son, you okay? I'm like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a girl, uh, a girl. Oh, okay. 
What's, up? What's going on with your girlfriend, buddy? She's uh, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you with my dumb bit. You were saying her her uh, her her D and D character is higher level than mine, and I don't know if I could deal with that. I can't impress her. <laughs> <laughs> she beat me in a in a Doctor Who uh, trivia game. I, I can't I can't deal with that. I feel so stupid. You know what's funny is his his first girlfriend um that he had was uh this girl who was in band with him as well and he was about 13 so about the same age as my daughter and uh they were very into each other for a couple of weeks and then I think what happened was her parents figured out that he was really into her. Oh maybe read a few texts that were like, you're the best girlfriend ever. I love you. Uh And said, okay, this can't happen at 13. Really? Yeah. And made him break up. And so she broke up with him and I knew something was wrong. And I was picking him up from a friend's house one night and I was like, dude, what's going on? Everything. All right. (sighs) She dumped me. And I'm like, what? She dumped me. And the way I handled it was, is I immediately drove to the first grocery store I could come to. And I said, come on, we got to go in. And he was like, looked at me kind of funny. And we went in and I bought toilet paper and eggs. (laughs) 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 We got back in my Jeep and uh, I go, I want to know her address, where she live. And he was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, like, come on, we're going to go egg and toilet paper her house right now. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, come on, dude, seriously, what's her address? I want to know right now. And he was like, uh, no, we're not doing that. I did it, obviously, to, you know. Just snap him out of it. Exactly. And he was laughing, and he thought it was pretty funny. And then we could talk about it a little bit. And I said, dude, you can't puppy dog girls. You can't be the puppy dog. You got to be cool. You got to be, you know. And I think it's worked a little bit, but he hasn't really had too many serious girlfriends. That's Yeah, so. that's interesting to me. That was going to be my other question, too, for about that, is that it's interesting that you have this guy who's kind of sweet and also, like, maybe it's because I kind of grew up nerdy as a kid myself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if your daughter is into a nerdy guy, I feel like that's a really safe space because nerdy nerds, I don't think are, are pervy. You know what I mean? Like they're very, I I feel like inherently he's going to be very respectful to her, not only like physically, but also emotionally. Yeah. But don't forget the nerdy kids know how to hide their porn. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But it is like, have you ever, how, where do you come down? I know another parent who checks their kids' phones, not religiously, but is like, has a, you know, it's an open thing where it says, listen, at some point I can, I'm going to be able to pick up your phone and I'm going to browse through your text messages and, and be able to check all that stuff. All right, well, how, where do you guys come down on that? We've done that a couple of times where we felt like we had to um, early when they first got their phones. Now it's not quite um, we don't really do that necessarily, but the threat is there. Ah, you have that to have any, it, right? That at any time. Yeah. And I and, you know, I've been very honest. These are my phones. You're borrowing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Until you pay your bill yes. on your own. These are mine. And I can look at anything you look at. Yeah, I think that's how I would treat it, too, is that if I'm going to foot the bill and then now here's the thing, though. Say you're say because your son's sixteen, he can have a job and stuff. Say he has sure. a job, he pays for his own cell phone. Does that mean still not yours, or do you still have the caveat like you're living under my house, buddy? Like I'm, well, I'm still the one footing the I, big bill. I think at sixteen he can't enter into a cell phone contract, oh, so I have him. I have him until eighteen, I believe. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, I love this. So because, I don't think he can I don't think he can do that. But after 18, there's really not much I can do at that point. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, because I, I'm pretty tr- I, I trust him. And it, you know what's interesting? Here's the funny thing. When your kids are old enough to have cell phones, pull this on them every once in a while. Ask them for their phone. They'll look at you with wide eyed <laughs> like, oh, my God, what? And say, I need to check and make sure that an update went through. Because they don't know anything about the background stuff on their phones. Uh-huh. At that point, and my kids have you know a lock on both their phones, mostly so each other they yeah. won't read each other's stuff. So, and I'll say, okay, put in your passcode, 
which I know anyway, but I make them do it. Put in your passcode and watch their reaction as you browse through their phone to look for the quote-unquote update. The amount of panic <laughs> is the amount of stuff they don't want you to see. So if, I, if your like, kids break it into a flop sweat, you know you got to keep digging. My uh, There was one time, okay, so my son, he'll just hand over the phone. There you go. Whatever. He'll walk away, go make a sandwich. No big deal. So I know without browsing through the phone, there's nothing really inappropriate on there. My daughter, on the other hand, when I did this once, she wouldn't take her hand off the phone. Wow. She kept her hand like on my hand the whole time to make sure that I wasn't going to go look at texts or something. And I still think it's all innocent, but I think it's embarrassing. Right. That it's either yeah. it could be about a boy, but it's not like a thing of like, oh, my dad's being a colossal asshole right now or anything like that. It's more, did you see Jimmy's hair today? Like that kind of stuff, you think? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I know he said he likes me, but I don't know if he likes likes me or if he really likes my friend or whatever, you, you know, that kind of stuff. Did you dig deeper and ever find anything or no? No, no. It's the threat of it. Yeah, that's all more than did. anything. That's I what love, it is. And I don't see. Here's what I like about the people that are in my you know group of friends that I will have on this show is that very rarely do I come across someone who does. And I don't know if it's this way everywhere else. I'm sure it is this way for the listeners of this show that the person who likes the idea of that threat of fear. You know what I mean? There's a <laughs> that is this very strong parental weapon. The, that a fear of, of yeah. danger is really good. A lot of people don't realize this, but you essentially can equate parenting to psychological warfare. Yes, my father did, and it was awesome. Yeah. Not when I, I was literally, a kid. If, if, if I may buy a drone and start dropping <laughs> propaganda pamphlets in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point, too. It's like we just did a story uh, at the station about that guy. I'm sure you saw it. It was on YouTube. The guy who followed his wife with a drone caught and caught wife. her cheating. Oh, I love that. Oh, that stuff is so great. And then his, you know, yelling at the end. His at one point. Just throw it away. <laughs> Hey, there it is. Like he sees her, the car pull up and she kisses him through the driver's side window. Oh, yeah. Ready? Here, like he did almost like a three to one. 18 years. God. <laughs> I don't know if I would have even the wherewithal or calm to post that on YouTube. There was a part of me that felt like that was a sketch. Like, but it was like, that's Andy Kaufman level, like meta stuff. If, if it is oh, fake. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's impressive that he put it all out there. I, you know what? I would, it, I, I would when when my kids start going on real car dates, I would tell them I have a drone. <laughs> Even if you didn't, I would also tell them that it was missile capable. <laughs> it's weaponized. It's absolutely weaponized, and at any moment, I can take out not only ISIS but your boyfriend. Right. <laughs> I have I have the button. Uh, uh, all right, let's. Uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up, so let's take another quick break, and we'll uh, chat Thanksgiving and do a little moment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming, and I thought it would be fun to do a little brain food about Thanksgiving. Things that make you go, hmm. You want brain food. I did not know that. And knowing is half the battle. Brain food, what, what exactly does that mean? Now, Steve King, I am concerned because most of what I have found on the interwebs about Thanksgiving does not paint a very wholesome picture of it. It's actually very, very bleak. Uh, so let's let's get this out of the way. And then I, what I would like to do is wrap this up with some, you know, maybe some of your Thanksgiving traditions in your families or some fun memories that you have from your childhood. Uh, because these, I found right. a couple of articles. Uh, these are myths that Native Americans and the pilgrims were besties. That in actuality, obviously, because that's the only thing I ever I remember that, you know, how you you learn about Thanksgiving in first grade. And it's yes. like, you know, big buckle on the hat. And they all it was a big party. They all got together. 
And then as you get older, you're like, hey, the, the white man brought, you know, smallpox and syphilis in blankets for the Indians. Yes. And, then, and then we took all their land and then we made them uh, religious, our, uh, uh, worship our God. Otherwise, we killed them. Like, but hey, wait a minute. Remember when we had that cool party, like way back in the beginning? Uh, and evidently that I don't know why they ever even try to sell the idea. Why not just make Thanksgiving about family? Why does it have to have the Indian and the and the thanks and the pilgrims and all that stuff? Because it just ruins it as you get older, right? I, I think this goes back to what we were talking about in the last break: propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very you know the true. real story of that is the pilgrims were literally starving to death because they literally did not know how to plant their own crops hunt for food, do all that kind of stuff. They didn't know. They were literally starving to death, and the Native Americans brought food to them. And and that is what the feast is really about, is the Native Americans brought venison and brought corn, or as they know it, maize, yes. and then all the other stuff, and brought food to them. Um, and that's where the quote-unquote Thanksgiving idea comes from. It, it has nothing to do with the pil- – you, you know, the, the, the fairy tale story of the pilgrims having this amazing feast with the turkey and, hey, starving Indians, come and join us. That's all, that's all bull. That's yeah. completely false. But you know what? Thanksgiving, at least for our family, is, has always been about – uh, the Detroit Lions losing a football game. <laughs> That's right, you're a Lions fan. <laughs> yes, uh, every Thanksgiving, and then uh, and then all of us around the table, and that's you know the family time together is what's most important. Yeah, and what another historian said that that the Pilgrims were it wasn't obviously a big feast for the same reason that you were describing, but that the Pilgrims were just celebrating the harvest and they were shooting guns into the air because evidently they're either. Uh, cholos or white trash even back in the day. <laughs> like, they're just a bunch of rednecks as these Puritans. They thought it was New Year's. They didn't know. Yeah, they were like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and then that the uh, the local tribes heard all the gunfire, and so they they came up in like full warrior mode. They put the you know the blood on their face or whatever it was. I'm sure it wasn't clown makeup, obviously. And they they came in, and the only reason that it was a shared meal though is what uh, what this guy says. It's because the warriors outnumbered the pilgrims two to one. And oh, so they, sure. they tried to share the food with them. And then it kind of became every year at the end of the harvest. That's when the, the Indians would bring them food or Native Americans, I guess, is the right way to say it, uh, would bring them food as well. And I like that there was no turkey was another thing I found that no, the, turkey no. wasn't even a thing they, that more than likely was a goose or a duck that they might have because they did read. They did find documents that said there was some kind of wild fowl. And, and venison. I know they had venison yes. as well. I mean, that they had lots one. of deer and stuff like that. And uh, that they said, you know, that this new thing that we have about the fact that Thanksgiving is a family holiday, that in actuality, throughout history, it's been more about a multicultural thing than it has been a, a family thing. That's mm-hmm. about multiple uh, communities coming together. But it didn't actually become a thing. Where do you think the first Thanksgiving was celebrated? You mean other than... Other than the pilgrims, like the, the right. first kind of calling it a Thanksgiving, because that was, I guess, they called that was more of a harvest celebration. They didn't call it Thanksgiving is what I found online. I'm going to guess um, in uh, Fayetteville. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were dead on Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> well, this is what I love. I like it because it's always these small towns. So this is in San Elizario. Uh, Texas. It's near El Paso. And they claim that they had the first actual Thanksgiving in 1598, 23 years before the Pilgrims Festival. And for several years, they've staged a reenactment of the event, culminating in a Thanksgiving celebration, the arrival of Spanish explorer Juan de Onata on the banks of the Rio Grande. Uh, But then there's another community, which is at the Berkeley Plantation in Virginia. It's near the James River. And they claim to have the first Thanksgiving that was held there. And that was in December 4th, uh, 1619, which was two years before the Pilgrims Festival, I guess, or whatever. But, but you know what, though? Almost 100 I mean, years after it. the one in Texas. You can claim anything you want. Right. When, you, when you really boil it down, all it is is a really big meal 
like a buffet style meal that a bunch of families are around. So Golden Corral can claim that if they want. <laughs> we did the first Thanksgiving <laughs> with Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> and we had deep fried shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right. So, oh, and that was the thing is that I guess Abraham Lincoln was the one who made it a national holiday that before. So it's the, I think, third Thursday for uh, Canada. It's in October. And that, bef- uh, that we usually, so most states celebrate it as the fourth Thursday in November here in the States. But some states felt like it should be on a different day. And Abraham Lincoln said, let's make this as a day where all of America comes together and made it an, a, a national holiday. Uh, himself, but how On do that you Thursday and yeah. then Monday is smallpox Monday. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Where you either get vaccinated or lose a limb <laughs> as per honest Abe's request. What do, what do the Kings do? So you said you, you sit down, you enjoy a lion's loss, Yes, uh, but you don't do any, like, do you go around the table and say what we're thankful for? Or do you have any dishes that always have to be prepared for Thanksgiving? You know, it's changed over the years as, you know, my family has kind of spread out. So right now, uh, for the like the last 10 or 12 years, it's literally been uh, my wife, my two kids and my mother-in-law for Thanksgiving. And that's basically it. Now, it used to be when we lived closer to my parents, it was a much bigger deal mm. um, where we'd have my brother and his wife and kids would come and then my my parents would be there and, you know, everybody. And then a lot of times I would v- invite people to come that that w- didn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, friends of mine or whatever. And we had one tradition that I actually thought was really cool, but we kind of quit doing it um, just because our Thanksgivings got so small is we used to have a or we still have it, I guess it was a white tablecloth. And every year after Thanksgiving, we would give everybody a fabric marker and they would write uh, something on the tablecloth about the day, something that they were thankful for or how the turkey was too dry or whatever. And then they would sign it and put a year to it. And so we have that from probably our first, I would guess, like eight or ten Thanksgivings. And do you still do it? Like, are you still filling it up or now it's just the tablecloth well, of memories? Now, now that it's, you know, it's such a small, you know, group that we don't really do it, oh, unfortunately. That's a great, that's a fun, like, phone book, like a photo album kind of way of doing it, Thanksgiving. I like that. It's very Pinterest before Pinterest. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? Um, I prepare it. So that's always kind of fun. I like oh. to cook anyway. So I usually prepare it. It's Everything usually or do you just do the turkey? And, and No, I do. I do the whole deal. And my, my mother-in-law so will bring pie. But other than that, I do everything else. Your wife has it so good. I know. I know. Do you need me to talk I, to her? Yes. Would so you? She knows. Do it, calling her? Yeah. I'll give you her number. You can text her. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> and are you also one of these colossal assholes who gets along with his mother-in-law? Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Oh, yeah, I she, you. she loves me. I love her. It's, you know, it, it's great. So we do, we do, I smoke a turkey on my grill. That's a yes. thing I picked up from my dad. How do you prepare your turkey? You go oven, you go smoke. What do you do? Every year I do something different. Oh, I rarely do the same thing. Um, and I have a smoker. I've smoked turkeys before, which I love them smoked. I've oh, grilled so them good. on a on a gas grill before. Um, whatever I do, I usually soak them in brine the night before. Mm-hmm. Do a brine soaked turkey. Uh, uh, put them in the oven. I've done upside down. I've done where you put it breast down instead of you know breast up. Because supposedly the dark meat uh, soaks more, down yeah. the white meat. Do you think it all. tastes any different? Have you noticed? Um, no, not really that. But the smoked turkey is my favorite. Oh yeah, dude. I, I well, now one year I did I did two turkeys, did two small. So I did one in the oven, just a regular basted whatever, and then the other one was smoked, and uh, and that was good because we had lots of leftovers. That is good. I'm no, I'm I'm getting hungry. Are you right getting now. hungry? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I so I smoke well, and I don't do a whole turkey. I do just a turkey breast because it is a small affair. This year is going to be great because my in laws are not coming. 
Oh, um, there you go. But uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know you're excited about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it is. Here's the thing. At this point in my life, it it is getting borderline unfair. Uh, the the joking slash disdain that I have for bri- primarily my mother in law, and it's only because she has horrible things to say about me behind my back. So, <laughs> so therefore, I cast them out into the internet to live forever. Uh, that's, <laughs> how I, that's how I say thank you. But um, but anyway, and if you're listening to this, ma, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> this year, my mom is coming. My real mom uh, is coming, so it's going to be a nice, uh, chill one. I'm pro- I'm going to. Sp- smoke just a turkey breast because nobody really likes the dark meat. If my stepmom was coming with my dad, I would do a full-blown turkey because my stepmom loves turkey legs, all the dark meat and all that stuff. Because but, she's from the dark side? Yes, she is. She is. <laughs> um, but we also do the, the green bean casserole. We always have the same thing. It's green yeah. bean casserole, sweet potatoes, and then my wife likes those kind of pre- made rolls that are like they're I don't I don't know why that you I think it would be so much better to try and make and bake your own fresh baked rolls but she likes the ones where you just stick them in the oven for five minutes that's part of her Thanksgiving tradition and that's about okay. it and we have a ton of leftovers this year I'm going to try and do because it's a I'm remembering I saw it on Facebook recently and my sister used to do it which you crush pretzels with some like butter in the bottom of a pan. And then there's like a cream cheese with some sugar in the middle. And then you put strawberries and strawberry jello on top of it. And it's a nice light, uh, fun dessert. And then I'm going to get like a pumpkin pie as well, too. That sounds pretty good. dude. Yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be, all right. it's going to be, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. The one, the one oddball dish, we have very traditional mashed potatoes, dressing, you know, and, and all of that. Oh, stuffing. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Stuffing, dressing, whatever. And then we, uh, but uh, every year I make persimmon pudding. What is that? It's, it, it actually is more like a bread than what you think of as like a, uh, a pudding. It's like an English pudding. Very much what so, they, yes. Okay. Like figgy and, pudding. Right. And you use persimmons um, and you, you make this up and it has rum in it and it has raisins and it has like uh, a lot of brown sugar and you steam it. So you put it in the oven. You have to make it the night before because, you know, the oven's usually got the turkey in it. So you put it in, you put it in a pot of water, and then you put that in the oven, and it steams inside this little mold. And, uh, sorry, and it is fantastic. But it takes a long time to make. And I made it like one year. I just, I saw a recipe for it, and I'm like, I'm making that. And then it became like every year I had to make it. Do you have the recipe? Like, is it like a written thing or is it, are you that a-hole who feels it? Oh, no, you can't just feel it with baking. Baking is science. That's what I thought. Okay, Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's a Williams-Sonoma recipe. What does that mean? I don't know what the Williams-Sonoma means. You don't know, you don't know Williams-Sonoma? No, I I feel like I should. Williams-Sonoma is like this uh, chef's store where they sell pots and pans and all this other stuff. And they put out a little booklet that was like Thanksgiving, the, like the best recipes of Thanksgiving probably 10 years ago. And inside it was this persimmon pudding uh, recipe. Okay. Well, they have it on their website. Um, all right, I'll get it and I'll put a link on our Facebook page for anybody yeah. who wants it. Then. So you'll see persimmon pudding on there to give you all the, the details on it. And the best part about it is, is because you're using dark rum to make it. Mm-hmm. I usually get completely hammered while I'm making it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve King, why do we live so far away from each other? I know. I would love to just uh, kibitz with you in the kitchen (laughs) and our apron just getting hammered on freaking rum and bourbon and whiskey. It could be like the dude version of my drunk kitchen. Exactly. Just a couple of, you know, yentas with chest hair. (laughs) It would be so much fun. All right. I got to find a way to move to Omaha. That's what yeah, I've learned. Absolutely. All right. Let's do a little uh, moment of the week and we'll wrap this up. All you right. Made them. You love them. And sometimes you want to choke the living shit out of them. <laughs> but occasionally they give you that one sweet moment. This is that moment. Moment of the week brought to you by Dad Gear. All your child traveling needs packed into stylish, practical perfection. Designed by real dads for real dads and moms. Don't be the guy with a diaper purse. Be the man with the Dad Gear diaper backpack. Go to thedadpodcast.com and click on the Dad Gear logo on the right-hand side. It's made in the USA. 
All right. Uh, normally, our guest will go first, Steve. But if you need some time to gather your thoughts, I can go first. Why? Why don't you do that? Why don't you go first? And because uh, I'm still formulating. Yeah. Being being that I have teenagers, those moments are far <laughs> and few between. That's what I've heard because they are less <laughs> communicative. It's so hilarious because I spend. I'm really not happy about. It. I'll, I'll deviate for a moment of the week for a second too. Is that my younger son Jack? He talks like I do. Like he will not shut up. He is a talker. And I try just so I could put together adult thoughts and get things checked off in my list. Sometimes I do find myself doing the thing that happened to me as a kid that I noticed. And uh, it wasn't like it hurt my feelings or anything, but it was a thing where like I could tell they're not listening, where it's like a lot of, oh, yeah, oh, okay, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. Uh, But it's also because he tells like the same three stories, said the guy who's probably said the same story 18 (laughs) times on his podcast. So anyway. Um, my moment of the week with Jack in particular, they, they did their parent teacher conferences this week Mm -hmm. and it's just really, it's really kind of fun to, to get somebody else's insight into your kid, especially when it's, you know, it's fairly positive. It's interesting. I find it kind of cute and touching, even though like Jack is uh, struggling a little more academically than Jacob ever did in kindergarten. And so it was kind of a new thing for me as a dad to be able to see, oh, there's, you know, that difference in them. But that to see somebody else, like to look at your kid through somebody else's eyes, I found sure. uh, really kind of nice. And and the, I really like that both of his teachers, both of their teachers said that they are always willing to help out either with another student or if the teacher needs help. And I... Uh, and uh, Jacob has even said that to one of his teachers where I have a thing where when I tell them they have like homework to do or clean up their room, they go, oh, I said, listen to me. It's something I totally bullshit made up. <laughs> I just said, your last name is Worsham. Do you know what that means? And I, they go, no. I said, Worsham, the meaning of Worsham is we get shit done. That's what <laughs> <laughs> And so his first grade teacher last year kind of said, she goes, you know, he told me what Warsham meant. And I go, oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, I go, what did he say? And she goes, he says, we get stuff done. I was like, oh, thank God. He, he's smart enough to fix it from stuff uh, or to stuff. But it was just for both of them. It was really cute to kind of uh, see them, both of them get that compliment of having like a work ethic, although they do need to focus, which I don't know where they get that from. And um, Yeah, yeah. And then for Jacob, same thing with his parent-teacher conference, but I, it's really cute to watch him. He's in second grade, but reading at an almost fifth-grade reading level, and I, like that he, and, and I like that he likes that, if that. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he's not braggadocious about it with his friends or whatever. Like It's like, okay, but he does come home with a little bit of pride that you know I'm reading at a fifth-grade you know, reading level almost, and I'm at a 4.9 is what that, they call that score, which is like the ninth month of your fourth-grade year. Or nice. whatever. So yeah, so those those are my uh, kind of touching or sweet moments. Your turn, Mr. King. All right, uh, mine. Uh, the first one happened with my daughter on Tuesday. Uh, my daughter is in eighth grade. She's thirteen. Obviously, we've talked about that. Uh, but she has been trying to get into the Bravo Show Choir for three years, and she had tried out for the Show Choir each year and had almost made it, but didn't quite make it. So this year she tried out and she made it. And this has been a huge goal of hers. And she wants to sing and dance and do all that. So Tuesday night was their first uh, choir performance. Now, it wasn't the full-blown show choir. They didn't have all the costuming and all that stuff. But they, you know, had all the kids there and whatnot. And, you know, in sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, the kids are kind of awkward up there. They don't really know all the movements they're supposed to do. Their voices are kind of cracking and whatever. Well, Tuesday night we go. And it's an auditorium full of parents. It's way too hot. We're all too crowded. Nobody really wants to be there. And they come out and they do the first song. And my daughter's right up front. And she is she is amazing. She's dancing. She's got a big smile on her face. She's having fun. Her voice sounds great. And I am just welling with pride. I mean, and I looked at my wife and I said, oh, my God, I know she wants to be in high school show choir. I think she's good enough to be in it. And both of us kind of were like, 
apprehensive about, you know, her trying out for high school next year because, you know, we didn't want her heart to be broken. And we were, I was like, she's really good. And I, and after it was over and my daughter does not take a compliment well, she's kind of like me where she'll go, oh, shut up. You're stupid. Yeah. And afterwards I gave her a big hug and was like, that was amazing. You were so good. And I am so proud of you. And she was just like, oh, dad, I love you. Thank you. I mean, it was, it was that moment. You're going to get me, Steve King. You're going to get me. It was. And, you know, and my and my daughter is like she is beautiful. She is tall. She is skinny. She looks like she could be a model. I mean, she's just and confident and finally becoming graceful, like kind of growing into her body. And it was just it was like everything at once. And I was like, holy crap, that was awesome. That's great. Yeah. So that was a moment. And then uh, do you have one for your son or is it just mostly grunting? (laughs) Uh. In his last D and D battle, he killed seven orcs. Oh, good for him! <laughs> good for him. No, you know what? Honestly, with him, what's funny is is I know we have the connection when he comes uh, out of my office, is where I am right now. But it's where the good computer is, the gaming computer, mm-hmm. and he's a big gamer, and I'm a big gamer. I love video games, and uh, so he'll come out. And when he accomplishes something on a game, maybe it's a game we play together, but he did this the other day. He was playing Battlefield 1, which is one of the new games. Yeah. And so he, he comes out and he's like, Dad, you're not going to believe this. So I just completed this mission where you had to do this and this and this and this and this. And he was so excited and he was talking like a human being. And he's, <laughs> and he's being descriptive and he's telling me all this stuff and he's talking about what it was like and all this. And, and then I was like, dude, that's awesome. You have to show me some of the tricks for it. And when I said that, his face just lit up like, oh, you, you want me to show you stuff? That's awesome. And so we went in the office and we had that moment where he was like showing me some of the stuff on the computer and you could just tell he was really, he was really proud. And I was proud too, because this is something that he's excited about. That's cool. That's awesome. It was was neat. I'm jealous of you. Uh, (laughs) You'll get there, believe me. Oh, no, I, (laughs) well, I have it, but it it is, it's, it is funny that my wife is very much wired. We ran into a baby when we went out to eat and she was like, oh, look at the baby. And I'm not, I like babies. Don't get me wrong. They're adorable. But I am really, I've said it multiple times on this show, and I know people will laugh at me for being stupid, but I am truly excited more about watching my kids grow up. Like, that's oh, really what it gets me going. That I'm, I'm curious to see what they are as teenagers and even more curious to see what they're going to be as adults. Like, that's, that's kind of what I daydream and fantasize about. We're at the point now where we're talking about colleges. We're talking about careers. We're talking about, you know, in our house, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And, you know, my son wants to do something in engineering and my daughter wants to do something in Hollywood. Wow. So she may she she wants to do special effects, makeup and that kind of stuff in Hollywood. And we're I, actually seriously talking about how to make that dream come true. I got a back house here. If she needs a place to stay or if you there guys want to come out and look at schools. And I, I know some people who do uh, makeup out here in case you don't. I'm sure you're probably more connected than I am. Even I, I have uh, my cousin. Um, is uh, she is an assistant casting director out there oh. in Hollywood. Boo-boo. Um, and works uh, on um, Fear the Walking Dead and a couple other shows. Oh, it's the small and, ones then? Uh, so she said, she said, well, Delaney wants to come out and, you know, move into my apartment. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> now I'm now jealous of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that was our show. Uh, give us a like at Facebook.com slash dad podcast. All of the social media handles are in the description of this show. If you want to, uh, is it CD one Oh five, nine face at for the Facebook, or do you want them to go to your uh, Facebook, Steve King? They could go either place. CD one Oh five, nine, uh, will get you to the, uh, uh, Facebook page for the radio station in general. I do most of my stuff on my own, which is just Steve King. Look for anything that's Jeep-related. Yes. You'll figure it out. It's me. If it's uh, Facebook.com, um, Steve King <laughs> Omaha is the link for his Facebook there you page. Go. And I'll put that in the description of this episode as well. Yep. 
And then uh, you could go to CD, uh, CD1059.com if you are up early in the morning, 5.30 to 9.30 Central, right? Is that your Correct. guys' time zone? If yep, you want Central. to tune in and listen to some great classic rock songs, I will tune in from time to time while I'm getting ready for the Handle Show uh, because I have just a, a huge man crush on not only Steve King, but the music <laughs> that they play there. If you want to listen to it on your phone, you could go to the Radio League app and then do a search for CD1059 there as well. And they do a ton of great segments on there. One of my favorite is Classic Rock the Wrong Way that you guys do. You have the Master Thespian Theater where you... You and Cammy, your traffic reporter, will uh, act out a scene from a movie, and then callers have to figure out what the movie is, right? Exactly, exactly. And then what's the one we, you guys do with the kazoo? Uh, we do Steve and Cammy's Classic Rock Kazoo Band, and we are terrible. And we play kazoos. We play classic rock songs on kazoo. And then same thing, listeners have to call up and guess what the song is. Yes. And uh, sometimes we're so bad they can't figure it out, and that's hysterical. That's funny. <laughs> One of the highlights of my uh, thus far radio career was getting to go and kind of play quasi sidekick slash shadow on Steve's show when I was there at the Funny Bone in Omaha and watching Cammy and you prepare because oh. you each have your own kazoos and yes. watching the kind of giddiness and the seriousness with which you take this kazoo playing and, and as you lay down the track is pretty outstanding. <laughs> and these are not like cheap ass, no. like, you know, birthday favor plastic kazoos. These are professional metal kazoos. Yes. Yes, people. So <laughs> just so you know what you're dealing with. If you're That's ready right. to have your soul warmed and your ears delighted <laughs> with kazoos, then definitely uh, check that out. In all seriousness, everybody should. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Steve, for being on the show. Thank we'll you definitely for do having this again. me on, man. Oh, we'll do it again. Uh, all right. On behalf of Steve King, this is Justin Warship saying hug your kids, hump your loved one, and stay frosty, my friends.